We've got some friends. Hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening you to the Content before. is Profit One, Podcast. Two, we spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn how to turn that content into profit, just go to contentsprofit.com. There's a surprise in there for you. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, baby. I, I kind of felt that I was like a little off in there. For a second, I thought I had to say, and I am fancy, but then I realized I always said, I'm Luis. Wow. Which is totally okay. Wow. Today, we have an incredible guest, incredible topic, how to turbocharge your business growth. Turbo or turbo? Turbo. Okay. Turbo. Is that, Spanish is that, is that, or English? Yeah, it's like a Spanglish <laughs> in there. Turbo charge. Yeah. Fuzzy, tell me, do we have a sponsor today? Indeed we do. Thank you for asking, good you're, sir. You're welcome. And today's sponsor is your own, The Biz Bros. Let's go. We sponsor our own episodes. That is right with content momentum. And you might be asking yourself, what is mm. content momentum? Well, Indeed. if you produce a long form piece of content, just like this one that you are listening to or watching, and you need a plug and play team that comes Ooh, and helps baby. you out, turn that long form piece of content into multiple value pack bite-sized assets. So you can send them into social media mm. and they can help you get new clients then. We want to help you out. Slide into the DMs at Beast Bros Co. on Facebook, on Instagram. Yes. Let's go. Guys, please go ahead and follow the show. All you got to do is choose your favorite platform and just hit follow there. Also, find us on social media at the Beast Bros Co. where you can find all the golden boulders, all those meaty pieces all around so you can take action and create that momentum in your business. Oh, that so is good. right. That is right. And if you find today's episode impactful, please, the one thing we ask is for you to share it and of course leave a five-star review we ask this a little bit selfishly because this helps bring the podcast up to the top so other people can find it and that means indirectly you are helping them reach their goals as well That's so please 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 right. don't forget to share it share the love share leave the love a five -star review thank you today we're going local oh yeah today's guest is a local entrepreneur that we met not too long ago through one of our amazing clients That is right. We actually met him in person too, which is not often that we have the pleasure of meeting our Content is Profit family, and that is absolutely amazing. Now, today's guest is one of those people that does it all, and you find yourself asking, how do they have the time in a day to feed all that stuff? I, I'm, I'm all that goodness, curious. all yeah, that goodness. I yes. need to learn time Absolutely. management for sure. He helps people by connecting them to the resources that they need that are vital to their success. Fancy, what, what's uh, what's happening in that intro? Oh, yeah. yeah, I actually mistyped it. Yeah, he found passion <laughs> and success in his personal finances, and now teaches others to do the same. And lately, he began doing brand consulting with companies looking to grow. I'm oh, telling you, I'm telling you, baby. this guy does it all. Please welcome the one and only. Bruce, Bruce love. Let's go, Bruce. I came for the big booty mix. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> yes, let's go. Let's go. Hey, we all do. We all do. It is such a great <laughs> mix, man. I'm telling you, we, uh, well, I call it musical caffeine because every time <laughs> I put that thing up, man, it pumps me up and I'm ready to, I know, to kick some to kick some booty. Yeah. Bruce, <laughs> do, do you listen yeah. to music while you get inspired, while you like crush business like you are doing? Like, it, it, Is that something that we only do or do you also do that? 
You know, I actually have a funny music taste. I kind of like a little bit of everything, but I'm a huge Backstreet Boys fan. Like, just <laughs> die-hard boy band fan. I can jam out. Like, yes. I was thinking this yesterday while I was on a hike. Like, my, my like, bucket list item that I need to do, I want to be in a music video and, like, be singing and dancing and, like, with, with backup dancers. I want that to make that happen at some point in my life. Uh, all right, <laughs> Dude, let, let's put up so in cool. it because, you know, part, part of what we've talked about on things, on content, on how to have fun and do these things, that is part of the plan too. So we might have you as part of, you know, that maybe we do crew, yeah. part of the crew. Maybe we do like a Backstreet Boys, uh, you know, remembrance marketing yeah, like, content type of deal. Yeah. Like a spin-off <laughs> in there. Sounds good. Uh, Bruce, before we get started, I have a question that I've been wanting to ask you. I didn't, I didn't want to ruin it and ask it behind the scenes, but I noticed that your handle on Facebook and Instagram is the real Bruce Lee. And I'm curious why. Why is it like, do you know Kung Fu? Are you actually <laughs> the real Bruce Lee? What, what's that all about, man? So it's actually my name. My, my middle name is Lee. So uh, it's in my it's the same name as my dad. So Bruce Lee Breedlove is my name. So I legitimately am the real Bruce Lee. It has nothing to do with Kung Fu. Although I don't don't cross me because I can probably take you. <laughs> But, uh, no, it has nothing to do with Kung Fu. It's just my actual name. So I just I just harness that and and use that as my handle. So it seems to work. That's awesome. I love it. And guys, you have been warned. Do not cross Bruce, okay? <laughs> do not mess with him because if you mess with him, yeah. you're messing with the whole content this profit family too. Absolutely. Dude, <laughs> uh, Bruce, extremely honored to have you here. And we connected a few months ago. You know, we have we have a client in common and, and you guys have been doing wonderful things. Uh, and we grabbed coffee one day and we're like, man, th this is fascinating. Like your story, like where you come and what you are doing now. So why don't you share a little bit of, of who you are right when this like this started you 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 were kind of like thrown into entrepreneurship kind of right like it was something that it was not from the very beginning to my understanding can you walk us through kind of like that journey a little bit yeah so i came from extremely uh, meager upbringing like i grew up poor my parents were poor didn't really have anything to offer us didn't really even take care of us that much so i came from uh always a place of necessity You know what I mean? Like I didn't really have what I need. So I had to go out and get it kind of thing. I grew up at a really young age. I moved out and was on my own at the age of 17, completely financially independent. I, I moved out with $200 to my name. Literally, mm -hmm. I had a I had a junk car that I bought. I had $200 to my name. I lived in an attic for free. Like I just I was born into this, like having to just by the skin of my teeth get by. Right. Yeah. So the only thing I had then I didn't have many resources other than my time and effort. Right. So <clears throat> I was focused on being as valuable as possible, giving value up front. Right. And, and, and so like I started, I worked at Dairy Queen for seven years, making five bucks an hour when I was 15, worked my way through college, became a registered nurse. I'm still a registered nurse to this day. That's something that I didn't mention in the in, that wasn't mentioned in the intro, but I've been a nurse for 10 years. Yeah. So that's still my like job until I get all the entrepreneur stuff up and running to the point where it com completely replaces my income. Yeah. But I've been a nurse for 10 years. So Worked my way through college at the University of Akron back in Ohio, and um, I started making money when I became a nurse. I was 20, 22. For the first time ever, I was actually making money. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, holy crap, I've never seen this much money. And I'm talking like maybe $1,200, $1,300 every two weeks as, as a new nurse in, in 2011. But like it was more money than I had ever seen come into my, my life at once. So I'm like, okay, I've always just lived by the scarcity mindset because I had to just out of necessity. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, I have all this money. And how do I, how do I, I didn't even really understand how money worked. 
So this is where the personal finance stuff comes in. Is like, I need to figure out how to make this much money, this much money over time. Yeah. So I just started researching how to invest, how, what the, how the stock market worked. And then I put a, a, um, a process together in my personal life to just manage that money that's foolproof. I have a, a method I can take people through where if you follow this, you will be successful no matter what. It doesn't matter if your income is like this or like this. It's the same conversation. Yeah. So, and then, you know, I, I taught myself and then I started having success. I, I was a nurse, um, moved to Florida in 2015. And then once my worldview expanded a little bit, I realized like everybody needs this personal finance stuff. Like no one really knows how to manage their money. And I'm generalizing here. Like everybody needs yeah. this. Then I, that's where I developed my passion to like teach other people how to manage their money. And, and what you find is no matter if you make a, a crap ton of money or, or a little bit of money, it's people have the same issues. They don't know how to manage it and maximize it mm-hmm. because the way I see it is like you want to spend the least amount of time possible in your working years, right? You, you, you want to make as much money as you can and maximize it and multiply it. So you buy your time back later. Yeah. That's just how our world is set up. Yeah. So like if you're not building something right now in your younger years, that's going to pay off later. What are you doing? Mm. like you're just you're just working to live and living to work that's it yeah. so you have to find out how to use your skills to maximize your income and to take that income and maximize it so you send out your dollars and they they go out and kill some more and bring them back like that's what investing is it, whether it's in the stock market whether it's in businesses whatever it's the same conversation yeah so fast forward to so i lived in florida bought my first house in 2017 and that's where i met my friend and now business partner john brooks and he's been extremely influential in my life. Like I, I, I can't tell you how much my life is different because I met him. Um, he was a, my my buyer agent on my first home in 2017. I clicked on his face on Realtor.com. He called me three seconds later because he's extremely responsive, and I was like, who, who, who who's calling me right now? Yeah. But that was John. Yeah. So uh, he sold me my house. We became good friends. Um, you know, and as a nurse, I don't know if you guys know this. As a nurse you have a lot of free time. I only work three days a week. So I had all this time to just sit and think like, man, I could be doing more. I could be doing more. I just had this fire in my belly. Like, ugh, like I'm only working three days a week. Yeah. I'm making money. Yeah. I'm traveling. I'm having a good time, but like I'm, I, I can, I can do more to move the needle faster. Yeah. So I always had this fire in my belly to just do more, do more, do more. And then, um, John and Brittany, uh, Brittany Brooks is his wife. Um, they start, they were very successful real estate agents in Jacksonville, top 1% in the country. Um, and profitability wise. And they, they, they were so successful that they made enough money that they, they didn't need anymore. And in, in, in three years, they, they went from zero to $70 million in sales. So, they, but their lifestyle sucked. So what they ended up doing is they're like, we're going to get out of real estate. We're going to move. Like we're going to burn all this down. But actually what, what ended up happening was they had a change of heart and they're like, we want to open a brokerage. So they were, they were real estate agents on a real estate team at a big box brokerage. Right. And they're like, this, a lot of stuff here doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So rewind just a tad. Um, I had been in my free time trying to make an online presence, teaching people about money, right? My, my true passion. I had a, a podcast on Instagram for a little while called uh, I Fire Finance, which is fire is like financial independence, retire early. It's a big movement. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I Fire Finance was what it's called. So I was doing that and John saw what I was doing. He's like, no, no, no. What? Like, stop doing that. I need you. We need you. We're going to start this real estate brokerage. Why don't you come work with us? <laughs> And so th- this was Christmas of 2019. He stood in my kitchen and said, hey, we would love to like bring you on and, and help build this thing. And at the time, it didn't have a name. So, um, and you know, to your point earlier of getting thrown into entrepreneurship, you know, I said <laughs> earlier, like I was just, I, I would just, I was, I'm ingrained with finding ways to add value however I can, 
right? I'm not, you know, my dad taught me this thing, which is good and bad in some ways. It's like, you be a jack of all trades and a master of none. But the, and that's good. So you have a little bit of knowledge about every, a lot of things, but you're not a master of anything. And so you can't really add an immense amount of value in one thing. So what I found out as I've gotten older is like, you need to be amazingly expert at one or two things and just drive all your effort towards that. Yeah. And so this is a sort of new revelation I've had, but I've, I sort so I developed skills like in marketing and, and figuring out how a podcast works and how to Instagram works, et cetera. So John came to me, he's like, Hey, we need you to do that for us. So we sat down January 1st of 2020 and 17 days later, we built an entire real estate brokerage called momentum realty. Mm. And so we set out to change the way real estate is done in Northeast Florida. Um, and, um, to help our agents build wealth through real estate. What's amazing about the real estate industry. And I've never been an agent. I've never been in the real estate industry. I, I own three homes now, but that's like, that I was sort of after, but you know, it's amazing is that as a real estate agent, it's the last remaining job that allows you to jump the wealth gap. Like you can start with nothing and then three, four years later, you can be a millionaire easily. Yeah. And it, it takes three or four years of hard grinding work to you build your business and then it feeds you forever if you do it right. And so we're all so passionate about the personal finance piece of it and getting people freedom, yeah. right? Financial freedom. That, that that's we, we bring people into our real estate brokerage. We've got 116 agents now in just over 15 months. We're, we're larger than a lot of the smaller brokerages in Northeast Florida. We're going to be top 10 in Florida by the end of the year, probably. Yeah. Um, and what we found is, you know, we bring them in, we teach them, how, you know, when they're making money, how to structure it from a tax perspective to where it's beneficial to you, how to take that money and invest it so it multiplies. So what I've already been doing in my life now there's a platform for me to be able to help these agents make money and get out of the rat race and, and get their lives back. Yeah. So, yep. Whoo. Wow. How you feeling, that, that was absolute fire. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the acronym financial independence, retire yeah. early. That was the, the real fire, man. Yeah. That was awesome. I love, I love the, the story. Um, I knew parts of it, obviously from when we grabbed coffee, but I love the fact on how you guys have included the education part uh, into the the new broker brokerage right that business that you guys are building, and it kind of reminded me a little bit, and I don't intend this in a bad way whatsoever, but to so, some sort of MLM businesses that they try to recruit you, and then they there's a lot of education in there. So you really believe in the product and you are invested in it, right? And you become an ambassador of this brand. And I see that side in what you guys are building, right? You guys are building an incredible business that you don't only are providing people with the opportunity to build wealth, but how to maximize that wealth later, right? Which is probably an aspect, again, I personally don't know I know very, very little about the real estate world and it's something that I want to learn more. Um, so we're definitely going to have more conversations in, in the future, Bruce. But for me, I think I find this so valuable that you guys are bringing these people into your ecosystem, right? Helping them win and then helping them win in the long term. I think that is absolutely incredible. And I can only see you guys growing even more and probably faster yeah. in the near future. So I, I really resonated with with the beginning of your story where you're like, hey, I, I moved out with 200 bucks and, you know, I, I, I 
now I'm a nurse and then I have like all this money, right? That for a lot of people mean a lot. And then you're like, I, I also have this time, right? And you didn't settle for that because, you know, anybody else, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would have preferred just to relax and, and just go have fun and that's it, right? And you're like, I, I, I just want to provide value, right? So where where's that fire? There's two questions here. Like, where's that fire come from? Like, why? Like, did something happen like growing up or you always felt that way? And then was money a taboo topic, I, I, in your in your house, right? Is that something that you guys talked often? Um, was that something that ignited your fire to like search for these freedom afterwards? So I'll answer the first one first. So, you know, something psychological that happened in my life is, you know, I, I had what I call negative role models when I was growing up. I was taught everything not to do. I, and it was right in front of me. You know, and so we've all got stuff in our past that drives the way we um, act and the way we behave and the way we perceive our world. And, and, and so I was blessed. I, it happened for me. It didn't happen to me. It happened for me mm. with a childhood that showed me like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And I had a roadmap to just not do all that. And one of the things was, so, so the fire is to achieve and to realize that number one, so much can be done with the time that we're given yeah. and because I, I watch people waste it so so it's it's it's, a, it's again it's the it's the opposite of what i was uh, shown to do as a kid and, and it's not yeah. sexy it's not cool and and there's plenty of people out there and maybe people listening to this that have had a checkered past and so this is me telling you like it that doesn't have to be your life that doesn't have to define you where you came from doesn't define you it's the choices you make now that shape your future that defines you period yeah Right. So that, so to answer your question, that fire comes from the, 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 my desire to have a better life. Mm. And I didn't know what it looked like. I still don't know what exactly what it looks like, but I know it keeps changing and it keeps getting better and it gets clearer and clearer as time goes by. And I keep making decision after decision and I make mistakes and I learn and I think like, okay, I've done this thing, but now let me do this thing. So it's the, it's to answer your question and tie a nice bow around it. Number one, is I, I had negative role models and I wanted to go in a different direction and a fire to just achieve and use my time wisely. That's number one. Number two, money wasn't a, money wasn't a taboo subject. It, we just didn't have any. Like I grew up not, not, like not having a lot of food in the fridge, not having clean clothes, like not having getting stuff at Christmas, not the gifts or a thing. But when you're a kid, it's huge, right? You know, yeah. like yeah. I, was, I, was 11, I was 10, 9, 10, 11 when I started realizing like something's weird here. Like I don't have like what uh, what the other kids have, I, and and so money I just didn't have it. So like when I finally had it when I graduated college, and I grinded my way through. Yeah, I was still working. I was on my own, you know, working through high school. I put my way through college. I got a complete, full, hundred percent scholarship to the University of Akron. I didn't pay a dime for school. Yeah. So and I worked a, a minimum wage job to support myself through college, so that when I hit and and became a nurse, like I I had no debt. I had you know, this money coming in, like you said, I just, I, I knew what it was like to not have money and I just didn't want to do that anymore. So I figured out how money worked and how to maximize it. And it was just, again, from a place of learning from my past and not wanting to repeat it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I love this, right. And this is a very selfish question for me, but what is your favorite, uh, you know, book maybe on investing or finance that you would recommend people and then, after that my question is you know money's a a taboo topic for a lot of people a lot of people are afraid of talking about it i think 
you have to make peace with it once you go into the entrepreneurial world and it needs to be talked. Um, I know for me personally, it was a lot of a taboo topic. How do people move past that, man? How, how do they get comfortable around money? How do they get comfortable, you know, seeing their bank account, not where they want to, and then elaborating a plan to where they want to go? So I'll answer your second question first. Um, money is a taboo subject, but and, and how people need to have, you need to, the people's relationship with money is very toxic, in my opinion. Uh, because when, if you take just a half step back and look at the world from a broader view than your own two eyes, you realize that the, the world runs on money. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the way we built our society. Okay. So for you to sit there and say like, Oh, money isn't everything. Yes. Mo- the pursuit of money isn't everything, but we live in a financial world. So if you don't, if you're not fluent in the language of money, you're doing yourself a disservice. So you have to acknowledge the fact that that's the way our world works and to be successful in it, you've got to develop a relationship with money that makes sense. Okay. So the way that when I see people and and you're right, the the, the relationship and the conversation about money is taboo, but it's like saying like, Oh, we don't want to talk about water, even though we know everybody needs it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The same thing. Like you can't have experiences. You can't have food. You can't have things without money. And to realize that it's not, or to, to, to say it's not important, you're just ignoring the way the world works and ignoring the truth that everyone lives by in our society. So, so again, it's a necessity. It's a life skill. It's a language that you have to be able to speak in order to be successful. Yeah. And, and, and so when you see that people have this disordered relationship with money, they're just, you're robbing your future from yourself. You're robbing yourself. You're robbing yourself of your time. You're robbing yourself of the true experiences you want to have in your life. And going back to, you know, my life as a nurse, like I see people's life change in an instant. So we don't know how much time we have. And, and our lives actually, despite what everyone says, are very long. People just don't use their time wisely. Yeah. Like we have a hundred, a, a 90 years. That's a lot of time in a human in a grand scheme of things in history. It's a, it's a flick of a switch, yeah. but like, you know, we have a long time to make stuff happen. We have the same 24 hours as Beyonce. I, I hear that all the time. And you see what she does. Like <laughs> yeah. you can do so much into just, you know, develop that relationship with money and go out and seek knowledge so, so that you can win. And so to, to answer your first question, uh, so my, my journey through money education has kind of changed. I, I really clung on to Dave Ramsey when I was making less money. When I was first getting like learning how to speak the money language, Dave Ramsey was like the, the um, who I identified with in my journey, right? Yeah. So he taught me like how to prioritize money goals and, and how, to, how to budget, how to take, and, and the, your budget is your tool to lead to financial success. It's the tool that everybody should be using every single month. Yeah. When I was making $800 a month, is I use the same tool that I use now that I'm making 10K a month. Like it's it's the same tool, just with more zeros on the end. It's no different. So it's again, it's a skill you have to develop to be successful. So um, from Dave Ramsey, it's a little bit scarcity mindset with Dave Ramsey. So beyond that, The Richest Man in Babylon is, everybody should read that. It, the way it, it's, it's, a, it's a story that teaches you the foundations of how to build your financial life, but also how to be able to affect others with it. Cause ultimately, you know, you want to make enough money that you can help other people yep. as well. So I would say for someone who's listening to this, if you're brand new to money, turn on the Dave Ramsey show and listen to the baby steps. Um, if you, if, and, and there's some stuff in there, you don't have to agree with everything, but the, the, the fundamentals are extremely solid. If you follow what he says, you will be successful. 
Yeah. If you're someone who who is not buried in debt, I would definitely go after the richest man in Babylon. I would do rich dad, poor dad. Uh, they're 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 like classics. Uh, yeah. I would start there, and if you've done all those, then reach out to me, and and we'll we'll meet up, and and I can help you. Absolutely. From there. I mean, and <laughs> I, I think they're classics for a reason, right? Because the principles that they teach probably uh, with withstand uh, the test of time, right? So. Yeah, and definitely, I encourage people to reach out to you. You know, if they have, you know, if, if you have listened to the conversation up to this moment, I'm pretty sure you're convinced that Bruce knows <laughs> what he's talking about. So definitely reach yeah. out to him and connect with him. Yeah, Bruce, I'm, I'm curious, like, what, how has, how was that transition to entrepreneurship to you, right? Like, what did that feel normal? Was what's was there kind of like a, a learning process? Because, uh, you know, people that listen to the show might be in a position where they either want to do it, right? Or they're, they're looking for a, a new position. They already started that transition and they're kind of finding their way. How is that transition to you? So I, I'm sure a lot of people who are in the entrepreneur world, you know, there's a lot of cliche and stigma and, and hilarious memes about it. You know, they're the ultimate successful, like, oh, I, you know, I have this much passive income. I'm still in, in flux. I'm still in transition. I still work at Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville three days a week, at, you know, with a W-2 job. So yeah. for me to sit here and say like, oh, I'm the most successful ultimate entrepreneur would be a lie. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm still very much in the, the grind phase, mm -hmm. the build mm -hmm. phase. I've been in build phase since I was 17 years old. And, and like looking back, I would have done so many things differently, but it's because, you know, hindsight is what it is. But like my advice is that it, it depends on your risk tolerance. Yeah. My risk tolerance is a little bit lower than somebody else's. And, and if my risk tolerance was higher, I'd probably be wildly more successful, honestly. So it's to my own detriment that I don't have a risk tolerance. that's a little higher. Learn your risk tolerance. If you're okay with not maybe having an income for three months and you're in a spot where you can do that, make the jump. But you need to do the diligence up front so that it's responsible and pull that boat a little closer to the dock so that when you make that jump, you're a little bit more sure you're not going to just jump in the lake, right? You, you're pulling it a little closer so that you can easily make that jump and you might get a little splash here and there, but like you're still going to be safe. Yeah. And for me, I'm at the point where I have this sort of lifestyle um, slash income balance that I'm not willing at 32 to give up right now. So I'm willing to stay in grind mode for a little bit longer, pull that boat a little bit closer to the dock. So when I make that jump, it's a seamless transition. Yeah. And I maintain lifestyle because I still value experiences now. Yep. Well, I'm not that person that eats ramen noodles and hot dogs and, <laughs> and, and, you know, is, is grinding, grinding. Like I'm, I'm out having experiences at the same time when I'm still grinding. Yeah. But see my calendar, it's freaking blocked, man. So it's not, it's, it's like, and I love it. I, I love it. But at the same yeah. time, like I, I need to find time to unplug and refresh, but to answer your question, my, my advice for people who are looking to make the jump, sit back and, and introspectively get your risk tolerance, write it on a page from zero to 10, like 10 being I'm okay with starving for the next three months in order to achieve my goal. One being, you should just actually don't even be an entrepreneur. You should probably just stay at your W-2 job. And, and if you're if you're six or above, you really need to think about putting a plan together in place and then making the jump. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I I love that, man. I, I love the fact that obviously your, your honesty on the, on this and you're like, we're still in transition, right? And, and 
uh, I feel like a lot of people jump that step because they're so either so excited about that new opportunity or they're like they believe like so blindly in what they're doing, which is fine. But at the same time, it's like, okay, what like if I make this decision, who am I affecting? Right. Like I, I, I go back and I reflect in my own journey. Right. Like I remember going out of college immediately at the time I was I was dating uh, Katie, who's my wife now. And she's like, man, I'm about to go to pharmacy school, right? I'm about to go get my doctorate. I'm going to be in debt for quite a bit. I'm not going to be able to work for four years. Like, like, and okay, the decision was made that I needed to go and take a, a, a job at the time because this was not guaranteed, right? Even even though we put in a lot of work, we believe in what we do, it might not be guaranteed, right? So for her, that was very important that I had that job and, and I took that job and, and ran with it and I loved it, absolutely loved it, right? And, and it was for about three years to the point that it was cl clashing real hard with the entrepreneurial journey. And then, you know, we had that conversation. We're like, okay, are we in a position to actually make this happen? And we were, right? And and that transition started to happen. So, so I I love that you bring this to the table because it, I, I think it's, it's, most people don't talk about it. Either they say, hey, 100% in or you're not in. I'm like, man, like there has to be a, an in-between because not every situation is the same, right? Some people have families, right? Some like some some people might be okay. Like if, if I was single at the time, I would have been very happy living in my car, <laughs> eating, eating ramen noodles and going for it, right? I didn't care, right? But my wife now cared and she's like, man, like I can't like – you know, if we want to stay together, this is the way, right? Okay, sounds good. That that's the way, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've noticed something in in kind of like an underlying topic in everything that you've shared with us right now, and is the planning, the strategic approach to things, right? And you know, we mentioned in the intro now that you also are a brand consultant and you're helping businesses rather right, looking to grow, which is very exciting, right? And and I want to make that transition. And that's why I mentioned the strategic side of things, right? Because I feel like a lot of people miss that point, right? Whether that is jumping into entrepreneurship, they are like, oh, I'm just going to figure it out as I go, uh, which, you know, I applaud them because they're action takers. But at the same time, you, we need to have a plan in place, right? I think that is something that we personally liked mm -hmm. at the very beginning. We were more on the approach of, oh, let's just jump for it. Let's see what happens. And... And then we'll, you know, we'll iterate. <laughs> and obviously that, that brought some, some consequences. So I'm curious, what, what has made you take that strategic approach to everything in life? Has it been the education that you got in the finance side of things? And then how does that translate to the brand consultant now that you are and, and how you deal with this, you know, these businesses that you help turbocharge? Yeah. So the, the, where I got that skill was building, helping build Momentum Realty. Um, you know, that's my avenue. My title is brand ambassador. So it's my responsibility to be, the, the brand is my baby, so to speak, right? Everything about it, the way it looks, the way it smells, the way it tastes, like the way people interact with it, the thoughts they have when they hear Momentum Realty, see the logo, like there's a real power to that. But the, I'm not giving it the power. John and Brittany, the other, the founders are, are not giving it the power. The power comes from the success stories of the agents that are part of our organization. Yeah. And so what I realized is that, you know, there's a certain skill set to being able, because, because sales is extremely simple. Like there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of talk about it, but sales is one thing. I learned this from a guy named Ryan, uh, Ryan Snow, uh, who has unconventional acquisitions with, um, Oh yeah. Cody Sanchez. I, I, I uh, dude. Yeah. I, I love their newsletter. And yeah, we, that's a conversation for another day. I love all that world. That world is amazing. 
Yeah, so we had him on our podcast and he taught me this. And, and I think I knew it, but he put it so beautifully. Like sales is one thing. Like your consumer has a problem, you have the solution. That's sales. And they want to, that's it. So whether you sell cheese, whether you sell coffee, whether you sell real estate, it's the same conversation. Like your client wants cheese, so they go buy cheese. Your your client wants a house, so they go buy. So you have to educate them on why your cheese, why your house, why your coffee is the best and, and, and educate them. So what I found is that business owners, they're good at what they're good at. And they obviously are successful for a reason but they hit a natural cap in their ability to sell or their ability to get to the point where they can they can sort of automate that the sales part of it to where people love you so much that they just want to ref- they want to give you everything. Yeah. So it's about building that relationship with your employees and your clients so that you you get this sales wheel just running so you don't have to constantly be looking at it. So what I do is I go to other businesses who have a similar clientele as what we do at the real estate brokerage. And I just, I install the Bruce of their organization. I hire and train the brand ambassador for them. So, so far I've worked with a, a real estate brokerage in Michigan. Uh, they were the first ones that took a chance on me. And, and so I went to Michigan, I, I interviewed their entire staff. I found out their problems. And with my finance background, I was able to look at their PNL. I was able to look at their, their opportunities to increase revenue and decrease cost right? So their profit margin goes up and then also bring in someone whose sole focus is the brand and then recruiting uh, agents who are their clients, right? Mm-hmm. As a real estate brokerage, your clients are real estate agents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I help them shape their value proposition. So it's so sharp that if you're a real estate agent and you hear their elevator pitch, you you can't not join, right? So I install the me of, of their business, yeah, And so I, I take my disc profile, I take my strength profile and I match it to people in that market. And I, I, I hire them in and I train them and let them go. So that's, that's my little niche. That's how I help turbocharge business yeah. growth, so, so to speak with my, with my skill set. I like awesome. it, man. I, I like, and you know, you're like building mini, mini you know, I don't know if you've seen Austin, <laughs> Austin power and you're yeah. like putting them in, in these companies. And I love the approach and there's a lot that we can, you know, get out of it. First, I love that, um, you know, what you learn from Ryan Snow is your client has a problem you have the solution and you're like, right, sales is that is that bridge pretty much between the problem and the solution, which it becomes education, right? And it, it goes back to a conversation that we had once here in the podcast with Chris Doe, right? A lot of people see sales in a very negative way. And he's like, I just want you to change the word sales for help, right? It's like... I'm going to help you, right? And mm-hmm. and that just changes the full-on perspective about this. But, you know, what I love most about this too, another underlying thing that people might have missed is processes, right? You have a process for what you've done. You did it for yourself. You did it for this company. And you're like, huh, I can definitely replicate this and help other people that might have a very similar problem, And then it's just about going, finding those people and helping them out. I think what you're doing is amazing. And I remember when we're we're having coffee, one of the things that you mentioned that I absolutely love was people love to overcomplicate things, right? It's, it's it's, It's simple. Like doing business is simple and i see right now for those that are listening bruce is grabbing his head like yes absolutely we (laughs) we can tell this is a topic that you're passionate about can you share a little bit about about that ah dude I, man, this is a huge topic. I think, <laughs> you know, the, the social media platform that everyone is blessed with having as a human being in this world 
you know, there's just so much noise. There's so much words. There's so much fakeness out there. And what I like to do is just cut down to it. You know what I mean? I like to cut through all the noise and like, what are you actually doing to help the people in your life and around you? Yeah. Okay. And like, so, so the overcomplication to me is, is an ego thing. I think Mm. the more words you can get out there, the better you look and, and all that. So, but in reality, things are a lot simpler than they seem just about always. And, and, and maybe I'm guilty for taking the short route sometimes or oversimplifying, then arrest me. But like, I, yeah. I really think that just in the world in general, we overcomplicate things to the point where there's just so much noise that no one really knows what's going on. Yeah. And I'm being general here and I'm, I'm getting fired up about this a little I bit. It, but I, I you know, so let's, let's draw, let's bring it back to something that it actually has a, a, a real application here. The real estate industry. Okay. If you look at real estate industry or the real estate agents, Instagram profiles, you would think that they're making millions of dollars a year driving (laughs) their BMWs and their Audis and their nice suits and this and that less than 10% of real estate agents have a profit and loss statement. It's probably less than that. They, They don't, they're behind on their taxes. They're not investing. Most, some of them don't even own a home themselves, but they're selling 20, 30, 40 pieces of real estate every year. Like that's the crazy thing. And it's not to say that they're not, they're, they're, they're less than, and they're doing something wrong. It's just like there, there's so much vanity. Yeah. So I want to cut through. Why are you selling real estate? And that's what we do. So when I, when I get on the phone with someone, I ask them like what their biggest problem is and what their goals are. And if those two things fit with how we can help them, then you're absolutely a fit for us. And so, you know, what I, what I find so frustrating, but also extremely interesting about this industry is that people are focused on so much of the wrong things. Yeah. And I think it's because of that overcomplication piece that when someone comes along and simplifies it, it's not sexy, it's not soundbitey, it's not shiny, but this is the real thing. So that's what I butt up against. And, and that's something I've, I've really tried to figure out how to just... Uh, to just get people to know, like, I just want to shake them and be like, listen, this is what really matters, you know? And it's only because I want to help them, right? It's not yeah. about me, it's about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, you can probably see I'm getting passionate about it. But I, the, over, the overcomplication thing is, yeah. is, is crazy to me. People spend so much time doing stuff that just doesn't matter. Oh, man, I, I, I love it. And I love that, that Fonsi asked this question. And, and it, it goes back to a conversation that we had. Oh, man, why am I blanking with his name? Um, Grant Cardone's guy, uh, Mark... No. I don't know. Oh man, we kept asking this question, like multiple questions, and his answer was always the same. It oh was, yeah, the, uh, it was the like, rocket fuel guy. The rocket fuel. Yeah, it was like um, take action. And I was like, well, what you know, what if this? What if that? Take action. What if that? And and then another question, and reframe. It's like take action. And we're like, and, and we call that out. And he's like, dude, like let's keep it simple, right? Like that's the thing. That's what. That's what it needs yeah. to move forward, right? And then. I remember a conversation we had yesterday, actually, with Mike Zero. Mike Zero, yes, Mike Zero. Ah, oh, shout out, Mike. Awesome conversation. But but same same thing, right? And you're an incredible path, and you're like, let's simplify things. What are your biggest problems? What are your goals? If we fit in there, and we can help you. Absolutely, let's work together. Incredible, right? And we add value. We help each other, and and we elevate each other, right? Ultimately, that's that's what it is. And I remember having this conversation yesterday. And as you are so passionate about this, I'm so passionate about um, on social media putting the message 
message out there, you know, at very high volume. Like we, we don't care. And, and we have this client that they're in South America. They're, they have an incredible message, right? They're going after the financing like industry, very powerful, right? And we're talking about being polarizing and can we do this, right? And the initial focus, like when one of the topics that we talked about was followers, right? And they're starting from, from zero. Like this is a company that are, they're financed by the Y Combinator, incredible venture that they're, that they're taking on, but also very critical topic today, right? Uh, in, in, in what we, in the world that we live today. And we're like, well, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta go there. Right. And it's like, but the followers. And I'm like, what, what, like, why, like, why, why do you want the followers? Right. Uh, these people that are going to, impact your company if they are awesome let's let's go that do that but the answer that we normally get after the followers question it nobody knows like i just i just i just want followers right but but why right and let's simplify it and it's like well can we simplify the message so we can resonate with more people like if that it's happening if we have consistent message out there with a consistent uh publishing schedule or a consistent execution plan just like you do on the on the real estate and the mini me's and all this, right? That you start that, that you put it in, in the companies to to grow them, right? It goes back to simplification. How can we be consistent? How we can how can we share our message, right? How can we put it on a in a simple format that people can understand? People are gonna come to you asking for help, no matter what, and they're gonna yeah. come in in different forms and shape. They're gonna come as followers. They're gonna come as clients. They're gonna come as partners. They're gonna come in different in different realms. So I I love that that we tackle. This con- the, and this could be like another hour conversation yeah. for sure. I mean, <laughs> the, we've talked about finance. We've talked about strategy. We've talked about simplification, right? I think we should de- we should definitely make a movement. Simplification is the new sexy. Something like that, man, you know? <laughs> uh, get, get it yeah. out there. And now I'm curious, right? So, so we leave uh, the listener, right? That person that is here listening to you today. We want to leave them with something tangible that they, they it can help them move forward, right? And let's say they have a business right now. What is maybe one or two steps that they can take to simplify their strategy, right, towards growing their business? Uh, it's very simple. Uh, that's funny. It's <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> find the one thing that you're best at just and get rid of everything else sit down and write everything that you do and rank them. And the thing that you're very best at, do that 10 times as much. That's it. Love it. I love it. And just push, push all your resources, push all of your time, push all your mental effort towards that thing that you're best at and, and maximize it, multiply it and just be the best at that thing, whatever it is. Ah, freaking love it. I, um, do, are you familiar with Alex or Mozi by any chance? Mm-mm. Now, Alex is in the fitness industry, helps like these gym owners, uh, very awesome dude, has grown his business massively in the last like five years. And I remember seeing one of the stories and it was like the, one of his clients, it's like, hey, incredible, the, we had this, the biggest week ever, we made like 40 grand and the, the message back was like, great, do more of that, right? <laughs> and it's, and it, it's, it goes back to that, right? Being simple. So thank you Bruce, for, for bringing this on and, and, you know, put it in in simple ways. It's like, find out what you're best at, right? Yeah. And then do that yeah. 10 times more. Uh, I'm, incredible. I'm not going to lie, you know, I think we... We've been, I mean, we've been victims of that. We've been victims of like overcomplicating everything <laughs> and trying to take too many steps in very different directions, which leads to nowhere at the end. And I look back into the world that actually got us into the 
entrepreneurial world. And it's funny, right? Because you have so many messages. You have people coming into this world that probably that's the best advice they could get first is what is the problem that you're solving, right? And then what is the one thing that you know how to do it extremely well and just focus on that. And instead, we get messages on you need to learn Facebook ads, you need to learn copywriting, you need to learn how to build a phone, like so many different things, right, that it becomes overwhelming. And and then you, that's why you get people seeing, you know, falling off the wagon and be like, nah, I don't want to continue with this. But I like now that we're talking about simplification, I'm like, that that's it. That is a message that a lot of people need to listen right now. And honestly, it doesn't change when you have maybe, you know, six, seven figure, eight figure business, the people that are operating at very high levels, they probably just reassess what are their priorities now. And then they just focus on that one thing and just still keep it simple. So thank you for bringing that up, man. Yeah. What, what the, well, the ultra net high net worth individuals do, they know what they're best at and then everything else they leverage out of. Yep. They, they, they find who they, if they have this thing, they find the person that's best at this thing and they put them in that position because they know how they got to where they are. It's because they focus on what matters and what they're best at. And Absolutely. so I, that's, that's it. like, if I can flatten the, the, the curve a little bit here and, and teach, like I've had a very limited amount of time with those ultra high net worth individuals very recently. In fact, and what's amazing to me is that they know their strength through and through, like that's what you need to do. And, and at first as an entrepreneur, you have to wear every hat. Yeah. And, and so I mean, I can tie this back to the beginning of the episode where I said, like my dad taught me like be a jack of all trades, a master of none. It served me well because I, I learned a lot, a little bit about a lot of things, but it was also the worst advice I could have gotten because it makes me just mediocre at everything and not good at any one single thing. So like it took me 32 years to, rea to, to realize just been putting myself in different circles that it was, I was doing the, the opposite thing. So yeah. finding that one thing is, is very important. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for, for that advice. Yeah. Uh, you, the listener, please, please go and take action on this because I'm, I'm pretty sure this can definitely change the, the trajectory of your business. Now, Bruce, the last question, and we love asking this one. I'm going to let my brother ask it because he, he, he <laughs> loves asking it way more than I do. Really? You just threw me under the bus? Do you know I what I'm going to ask? I, I know <laughs> what it is. Yeah, we got the question right there. Yeah, so... Written down. Uh, <laughs> Bruce, you know, you mentioned uh, you, that you had a show that you published. Like, like uh, a big part of, of what you guys do now is is that social presence, right? Is, is putting the message out there and, and, and publishing. So... Where, where will you be if, if you did not publish, if the companies that you guys help don't publish? Where will you guys be? So the way we choose to recruit is creating content that, taught, that is, has our value proposition on repeat. That's the way that we approach, and that's the way I teach other companies to approach recruiting. And recruiting is, is just the way we talk about, but recruiting is acquiring new business. That's, it's the same thing. So the way we acquire new business is taking our value proposition, putting it in content form and just blasting it. And so I don't make cold calls. I don't call a hundred people a day and say, Hey, do you want to join momentum realty? No, no, no. The way we recruit is creating content. So it's very funny that I'm on the show. Content is profit. <laughs> the way we recruit is creating content. So like if, if it's, if I give advice to someone, you have to know what your value proposition is. You have to know what problem you're solving. And then you create content around that and blast it out. And the way you do it is learning the social channels and learning when to post and all that. That's, those are little nuances, but having the content, getting it out there. So where would we be? 
we would probably still have 20, 30 agents and, and we'd be out there on the ground calling and calling and we'd, we'd be perceived like every other real estate brokerage out there that just calls, calls, calls and annoys everyone. Um, so we definitely wouldn't be to, cause so like, for instance, I got on a plane in Orlando one time and I was sitting next to a Remax agent and I was like, Hey, I said, you're a Remax. Like, have you ever heard of momentum realty? And you know, we're based in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, Oh yeah, I get your emails. And so that was, that was crazy to me. And that's just one you know method I used to, to yeah. get the content out there is email marketing. So she's like, Oh yeah, I get your emails. And that, that to me was just huge that you can reach yeah. so many people by publishing one piece of content and pushing a button and boom, it's out there yeah. for everyone to consume. It's just a new way of doing business. And I mean, we're not, I'm not saying anything anyone doesn't know, but to answer your question, that's the way we chose to go forward with recruiting and acquiring new business. So it's, it's, we've had success with it. Yeah. I love that's it, awesome. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and like you said, it's that consistency being simple. It's like, what is your value proposition? Put it out there. I want to highlight on repeat, <laughs> on repeat, yeah. right? Like we're the only ones that listen to our message hundred percent of the time, right? Like it has to happen on repeat multiple times, get it out there. Right. And, uh, if multiple channels, I mean that, Find your consistency. Uh, if you're a, if you if you are an entrepreneur and you're doing it on your own, find your cadence. Right? Why can you sustain? If you have a little bit more resources, then find who's that next person that I'm gonna be hiring. Right? To to move this. If you're a company and you have resources, sweet. Let's explode that message and put it out there. Right? And uh, I love it, man. Thank you so much for for sharing your message, for sharing your stories. Um, any last thoughts before we let you go? Yeah. Actually, if I could, if we have just like a couple more minutes, I think yeah. your your viewers can get a lot of value from this. And just, I can't believe I haven't talked about it yet. Like one of my favorite topics of conversation as a brand ambassador, as someone who teaches other people how to find their, you know, their clientele, it's uh, the concept of ideal customer profile. Are you guys familiar with this? Mm-hmm. Like the, the person, like your favorite client, like your favorite client that has the problem every single time that you can solve, yeah. like going and finding them. So Like if you're a business owner, no matter what you sell, no matter who you are, find your ideal customer profile. And I'm talking about close your eyes, get a piece of paper out and visualize who is my favorite customer. And they're your favorite customer because their, their, their bill is the highest when they come to your restaurant or they buy the most things on your website, their card is the highest, or each time they join your company, they stay, whatever, whatever your industry is, it doesn't matter. It's the same conversation. Once again, simplify. Who's your ideal customer? Okay. And once you find your ideal customer, like ours at Momentum, uh, you know, early twenties to, to even upper fifties tech savvy, uh, have, has been in the real estate industry at least two years, has sales, knows how to sell and has these few small problems, particular ones that we can solve as a brokerage. Yeah. Okay. Once you have that ideal customer, as far as from a marketing standpoint, you go where they are. Okay. So you ask yourself, where does my ideal customer spend time? Where do they go in my town? Where are they? What what social um, networks are they on? What times are they active? What where? What can I do? How can I craft my language so that it speaks to them? Yeah. Okay. And the reason why this is so important is because again, simplification, funneling your resources into the most beneficial part of your business, which is lead generation, right, and acquiring new customers. And so to get that person every time. So like in real application here. If, if I was someone who was selling, I don't know, 
um, dentures. Okay. It would be silly for me to be on TikTok talking mm-hmm. about dentures. It might be hilarious, but my clients aren't on TikTok. And I'm just trying to think of a, a, a ludicrous like example here just <laughs> yeah. to kind of you know, flush out the ideas. Like yeah. find, go where your customers are. Like Grant Cardone always says, who's got my money? Who's got my money? <laughs> yeah. And what he's asking, what he's asking is like, where are my customers and how can I get to them? Like that's, that's yeah. what he's asking. He knows the ideal customer profile, like, like, like the back of his hand. Yeah. And if you're a business owner who doesn't know your ideal customer, you need today sit down and write it out on a piece of paper, get a pen and paper. That's all it takes. And then go out and get them. Yeah. That's how you do it. I love it. Oh man. Absolutely. That is. See, some... I, to- I told you at the beginning, master, huh? master. Yeah. I'm master of his craft, man. I, to- I told him, I told him. Um, no worries. I mean, jokes aside, uh, it's incredible. I, I, I love having this conversation because you're in the mix, right? You're doing it. You're in there. You're in that transition. You're, you're creating an impact. You're serving your customers. You're serving your clients. Like, it's it's incredible to to see it in the in this short amount of time that we've that we've known each other and you know hopefully this is a relationship that we can continue to build upon and and uh, you know have two brothers here in in Florida. Um, I mean, bro, he lives here. I know, bro. I know. <laughs> we grab coffee. Do you forget that we grab coffee together? I know. I was okay, gonna. I, I thought you were gonna invite him again. Yeah, we definitely. Need I mean, to we have could coffee potentially again. have coffee again. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, you know, or a beer. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, whatever, whatever. whatever. Or, or we can go to Arizona, man. I don't know. You know, join your vacations. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome, man. Dude, Bruce, thank you so much again for, for joining us today. Where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? So I'm I'm on all the profiles, um, <laughs> LinkedIn, Instagram, that real Bruce Lee, Facebook. Um, you know, we you can find our real estate brokerage if you're someone that's listening to this is getting started in real estate, or you know, if we can't help you, I'll still connect you with resources. Again, I'm a facilitator. I want to I just want to help you. Um, Momentum Realty. Um, if I could just give some gratitude, I like to end meetings this way. Absolutely. Like I'm grateful for you guys for allowing me to you know, share my message. It's something that I think if, you know, if I can talk about my experiences and just change the way one person thinks, at least for one moment, then like I've done my job. Because if I can help someone learn from what I've had to do, the diligence of learning myself, like that's the greatest gift, honestly. And that's a great way to spend your time. Um, I'm super grateful for my business partners, John and Brittany Brooks, to give me the opportunity to be a part of Momentum. Um, Home Pro Inspections, um, Bella Bay Realty up in Michigan for giving me the chance to consult with them. So I'm just super grateful. I'm living, I'm doing, I'm living I love my life. So yes. I just, I honestly do. Uh, so I'm grateful for every person who's had opportunity uh, to help me get there. And I just want to give that back. So I love that's it, awesome, man. man. And I love the closing with the gratitude segment. I appreciate it. Thank yes. you so much. I mean, that's a Absolutely. great, that's a great uh, point to finish the freaking episode. This I was know, so I good. Know, was ah. awesome. All right, guys, with that said, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show on your favorite platform and follow us on social media at Beast Bros Co. That is right. And if you find today's episode impactful, which I am sure you did, please, please don't forget to share it and, and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys.